Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the weekly Soul of the Parsha class. This is the class for Parsha Lech Lecha. And the question we want to start out with today is a very important question. It's the question, what is the place of self-actualization, individualism, finding your own unique voice and your unique self in the world? And how can we reconcile this um, uh, desire to be my own special self, not to be like anyone else, not to copy other people, how do we reconcile this with the idea that it's one should be selfless and one should transcend one's ego and not make a fuss about oneself and not try and be someone special or someone uh, who's, you know, the center of things. So these are two very basic questions we're dealing with in our lives. On the, on the one hand, uh, we know that if each soul is very unique, very special, and we know that the reason we came down into this world is because we have something unique to contribute, and therefore, and therefore we need to discover what this something unique is, what is special about us, what is the special kind of talent or special kind of gift that I need to bring to the world. On the other hand, we have this whole talk in Hasidut and in the whole notion of, of serving God, which is not to think too much about yourself, not to put yourself in the center of things, uh, to try and not be, you know, someone special or to rise above others, and generally to be, to go for the ideal of what is called in Hasidut, bitul. Bitul is selflessness or self-nullification. These are two uh, contradictory voices or ideals that we hear about, and we want to understand how they can work together. And th this is the perfect parsha to ask this question. Uh, Parshat Lech Lecha is the beginning of Judaism. Generally speaking, in this year, we're going to look at beginnings. I said this a couple of weeks ago. This year, we're focusing every week on the first segment of each parsha. Each parsha is divided into seven segments, or seven aliyot, ascents, as we call them, because we go up to the stage to read them in, the, in shul. And so this year, we're going to focus every week just on the first segment, right? This is a seven-year endeavor. I don't know if I'm going to make it. But that's the, that's the challenge for this year, at least. So every, we, every week, we're going to look at the beginning of the parsha, meaning we're going to focus on the name of the parsha and, and how it begins, how it starts. It's like reading just the opening of books and try and analyze the opening. And every, and every time we look at the first segment out of seven, it also means this is the segment that corresponds to the attribute of chesed, loving-kindness. So, every time that something begins, we want to start something new, and we want to open a new page, and open a new parsha, we should do so focusing on the emotional attribute of love, of kindness, of giving, of coming out of ourselves. So, in this parsha, this is especially felt, because we are not completely introduced to Abraham. He was introduced at the, at the end of the previous parsha, something very special that Noah appears at the very end of Parashat Bereshit, and Abraham appears at the very end of Parashat Noah. 
So it's like a kind of like a cliffhanger that just before the parsha ends, the protagonist of the next parsha appears. So we were introduced to Abraham at the very end of Noah, but we are properly introduced to Abraham in this parsha. And Abraham, of course, is the uh, embodiment of the attribute of chesed, of love, of uh, hospitality, of going out, going out of himself and and reaching out to other people and teaching them and getting them through love to be closer to Hashem or closer to themselves. So so this is the this is Abraham coming into the picture in the very first segment, the Chesed segment of this parsha. So every week something is beginning, but in this case, the, what's beginning is very very uh, monumental. It's in 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 Genesis in in Bereshit was the beginning of the world, and then in Noah it was the beginning of human perfection, as it rises against the backdrop of human corruption, humanity at its best, along with its weaknesses and faults, as we examined last week, and in the third parasha it's the beginning of Judaism because Abraham is the first Jew. Or the word Jew does, is not yet used. It's it's a later word. The word is Hebrew, Evri. And and this is a, in in this sense, there's something revolutionary going on. There's something new, a, a a a novel way of understanding the world, of understanding God, and trying to pave that way for us to follow. So in the first segment, we're, we're introduced, or again, introduced more properly to Abraham. And we're introduced in the way that it starts with God uh, speaking to him, God speaking to him and telling him, Lech lecha me'artecha u'mimoladetcha u'mibet avicha el ha'art asher ha'eka. I'm translating. God says, speaks to Abraham. He's not yet called Abraham. He's called Avram, there's later on a letter will be added to his name, and it'll change his his destiny. Um, but he's addressed uh, by God, and God is telling him, "Lech lecha, go unto thee," or well, st- simply translated is "go forth." But it's uh, but more exa- with the exact translation would be "go unto thee." from your land and from your birthplace and from your father's home to the land that I will show you. And he, he doesn't tell him which land it is. We know it's Canaan. But for him, it's an unknown future. This is an amazing, beautiful, very deep opening. And, and, God, and of course, Abraham obeying this kind of decree which comes to him and tells him, Go! Come out of everything that's familiar to you, everything that you know, your childhood landscape, your childhood culture, your childhood language, your childhood customs, everything you thought you were, everything you were told you were, but not, it's not necessarily what you are. At some point you have to find out for yourself what is your true self and what is your true calling and your true destiny. Go out, go and and find yourself, discover yourself. Go out from the land that you know to the land that you don't know, the unknown land. This movement, this it, it's on the one hand, it's obeying God's 
decree. It's not Abraham descending on, on his own. I think I'm going to take a walk. I think I'm going to explore the world. I think I'm going to walk around the world. No. He's not going out on a trip or a journey. He's not going in circles. He's not going just, you know, to a trip around the world. It's the opposite of going in a trip around the world. Trip around the world is aimless and goalless. The goal being maybe to just discover who I am. No. Abraham, it, the goal is set for him from above. So on the one hand, it's absolute nullification. God is telling him, go, and he obeys. He says, I'm going. Where? He says, I'll tell you later. Okay, I'm going. He goes. So it's not him. It's not his ego. It's not his plan. It's not his wish. On the other hand, this is something absolutely individualistic in the sense that the, the command, this divine decree that is, again, not coming from within Abraham, but coming from outside of him, this command is, I want you to stop, stop identifying with everything that's familiar to you. Don't, don't identify with a, what, who you think you are, and I want you to discover who you really are. But I want you to discover who you really are by letting go of everything you think you are. So we have in one sentence, in one decree, a two opposite powers coming into play. One is that Abraham is completely not thinking about himself, and the other hand, and the other aspect of all of this, is that Abraham needs to is becoming an individual. He's becoming different from all of his surroundings, different than from his father. He's he's not going in the footsteps of his father. He's not going in the footsteps expected of him. So he's becoming this unique revolutionary uh, entrepreneur in a way. He's the entrepreneur of Judaism. But it's an entrepreneur that's, that this is the, the, the balance that we're trying to crack open in this class, right? It's, the, it's this weird combination of doing something absolutely original, absolutely unique, but doing it without trying to be special or unique just by obeying God. So this is a very, very, very interesting tension combination that we should really all strive for. We, we all have something very original to give to the world. On the other hand, we don't want to think of ourselves as original because then it's almost, it's a bit like self-deification. We become the origin. I want to be original without thinking of myself as the origin of anything. I'm not the origin of anything. God is the origin of everything. I'm just... I'm not a creator, I'm created. So I'm not the origin of anything. I can't come up with anything original to say. But somehow, with this, using this mindset, we want to become really original. Because otherwise, we're just, it's a big waste of time that we're here. We are here because we have something original to give, but we have to do so without trying to be original. So it's a kind of um, almost indirect... Um, uh, unintended originality that we're trying to get it. This is very subtle. If we're, trying if we're trying hard to be original, we miss it. And if we're erasing any kind of aim or goal to be original, we're also missing out on the, on the full balance of what it means to be a human being created by God and, 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 and serving His purpose in the world. 
So we have to be unique without trying to be unique, right? This you get it. So this is what we want to uh, to explore here. Um, there's a very famous pasuk that is often quoted in this context, and this pasuk is it comes from the song of the of the sea, Shirat Hayam, that Moses is singing after the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea and the drowning of the Egyptians. So it's a whole, it's a long song. But one of the verses there is, again, first Hebrew, then English. The Hebrew is, This is my God, and I will... Uh, so the article tr- uh, translation is, enshrine him, I will find a, I'll find a shrine or a place for him to dwell. Or another translation is, I shall... I shall cause his beauty to be revealed. Anvehu comes from Noi, which is beauty. So anyway, but the, the point is, the main, uh, the main point of the verse is that he's talking about my God. This is my God, and I will enshrine him or, or beautify him. And then the continuation of the verse is, the God of my Father, and I shall exalt him. And, and the idea goes that first you have to praise your God, and only after that should you praise your Father's God. And the idea is that at, until a certain age, it's all about your father's or your mother's or your society, your family, their God. Maybe it's, it's, it's really God. Maybe it's some false God. It's whatever is enshrined by your family. But so obviously, if it's false gods, you, should, you shouldn't follow them. But the chidush here, the big novelty of this verse, is that even if it's even if you grow up in a frum, religious, kosher, righteous home, even then you should sing, "This is my God, and I will again enshrine or beautify, see the beauty of my God." And then, as a second stage, I can go back to my the God of my Father, and also exalt Him. The idea is that it, once we reach adolescence, once we reach an age that we're trying, we're trying to think for ourselves, we should all do what Abraham did. Abraham rebelled against his idolatrous father. This is the Lech Lecha of this parasha, that he said, I need to find my God, not my father's gods. I don't believe in those gods. I need to find my God. And it's a special rapport, very intimate, very internal, that only I have with God. And I hear the Lech Lecha, the go unto thee, and I follow it. And but even if your father isn't Terach, isn't an idol worshipper, your father could be very, very religious, even then you should say, Well, it's still the way he approaches God, the way he relates to God is his way, not mine. So this is again the the, the birth of Judaism and the, the beginning of the journey of Abraham is a call for the personal journey of each and every one of us. Each and every one of us needs to heed this voice that tells him you need to find not your own God, because there's only one God, but your own special connection to God, which has to do with your own special self. God's essence, unknowable, unfathomable, ineffable, you can't explain it to others, is deeply connected to your own deepest and most unique essence, which again can't be really communicated. So it has to be this very deep connection between you and God that's completely private, completely individual, 
and that causes you to, to go further. Now let's open this up a bit more, because really what we want, all this was just introduction. Now what we want to do is we want to explore this tension that I, I, I put in the introduction. We want to explore this tension just by looking very, very closely at the two words, Lech Lecha, go unto thee. There's a lot of really interesting things going on in these two tiny words, each word just two letters long, and if you take away the punctuation, the vowels, they're the same word. It's Lamed and then Chaf. Lech Lecha. It's pronounced differently, but if you look at the Torah scroll, you can't see the difference. So, accepting the regular punctuation, the first word Lech means, of course, go, walk, more precisely. And the second word Lecha, again, same letters, different punctuation, means to you. So, lech lecha, identical words, but different punctuation. First word becomes go, go out, come out of your perceived self, your self-image, who you think you are, what you know, what's familiar. Because when we go out of the door and we start walking, we distance ourselves from where we came, from where we were born and what we know. We're going into an unknown. So the first verb is is going out and, and walking, which means really going out of yourself. And the second word, lecha, is the very opposite. Lecha is to you. To you isn't going outside, it's coming back inside. It's, it's not going, it's coming. And it's, again, going back to identifying myself with something. Lech is disidentification, and lecha is identification, or in this case, and that's part of the point that I'm trying to get across, it's re-identification. You're, you're identifying yourself with something new, because otherwise we wouldn't need the first lech, the, the go. You don't need, if you're already, if your self-image is who you are, you don't need to go anywhere. You're perfect. But the idea is that the first word gets you out of who you think you are, so you need to disidentify, walk away from what you identified yourself with. And then lecha is now you need to discover who you really are, really are and re-identify with this. So, so something is very interesting is going on here. Again, the question is individuation, finding your, individ, your individual unique self. And we see here that there is this tension between uh, uh, first having an image of what I think it is and coming out of it, and then having, and then, but 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 then also finding something that I can hold on to, and it builds my my unique personality. Now, this question of individuality is very interesting, and if you look across the world, you see different kind of models. So. Many, many societies, almost all societies, have a, 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 uh, some kind of model for individuation, in which people discover what their traits are and what their talents are. But it's not always like this. Some, many societies, you inherit, for example, the, your, your parents or your father's uh, job. Uh, he has a certain skill, and you're his apprentice, and then you continue that, and you don't even think about about uh, changing profession, or it used to be like this in many, many societies, still is in, in some societies. 
we all know that India has a caste system. A caste system means you don't aspire to change your caste. So the idea of individuation is very much qualified in all kinds of societies, and the more traditional the society, the less individuation we can see. The most extreme kind of individuation we see in modern Western culture. Western culture, in many ways, and now I'm going to take an expression that we all know, and the the ideal of, of we can say very, very broadly, you know, generalizing, you know, all the way, that Western man wants to be something. Western man tells himself, I want to be, when I grow up, I want to be something. I don't want to be just a nobody, just a nothing. I want to be something. Something is what we call in Hebrew, yesh, yeshut. In Hasidic language, when we're talking about ego and pride, gaive, the word, the Hasidic word, is called Yeshut. Yeshut literally means just being or entity. It's a, it sounds like a very neutral word, being, just to be. To be isn't good or bad, but the idea of using this word Yeshut, which comes from the word Yesh, which means there is, to be, the idea is not just the neutral kind of being, everything is, everything that it is, is. The idea is that this is a kind of being that really holds on to itself, really feels itself to be something separate from God. That the sense of having my own unique being is something that is, this is the equivalent of talking about being, having a big ego. When Hasidic, when Chassids talk about Yeshut, they mean you really feel yourself to be something that has its, that, you know, holds itself, creates itself, doesn't need God, doesn't need other people. So it's a very negative word. The idea is not just being, it's a kind of um, a being that's, that's, that's overexpanded. So Western man, the West very much encourages ego, egoism. And... And so, of course, everyone will talk about not just thinking about yourself, not being, um, you know, full of yourself and, and being kind to other people. And, and poets all over the West have written poems about this. And, and, and nobody likes, you know, someone who's egoistical or who's only thinking about himself, clearly. But, and, and yet, it's something that in, the, in Western culture, you don't need to be ashamed of having ambition, of having pride of setting goals and trying to go for those goals, of being very, very much confident, and of and even in many places of praising yourself. If you don't overdo it in a way that it's obvious that you're in love with yourself, it's still very much okay to praise yourself and to aspire to be something. Now let's go to the opposite extreme. Opposite extreme is very is often associated and and for good reason with with the East and especially with Eastern religions. Not everyone, of course, but as we said, also in the East, individuation is far weaker because of the caste system, because it's a more tra- it's more traditional societies. Not talking about Japan, more thinking about something like, like India, and uh, and, but when you go to the to the religions, whether it's Buddhism or Hinduism, the talk is that the utmost goal of the of being holy, of being spiritual, of doing spiritual work is not to have an ego at all. It's the polar opposite 
of the Western man who wants to be something, the Eastern saint or holy man or religious person wants to be nothing. That's what he wants. He wants to be nothing. He wants to reach some sort of nirvana, some sort of liquidation or evaporation or extinguishing of the sense of self, of ego, and just to sort of melt with the, with the, with the godly uh, you know, light or presence or entity that's really the ultimate reality of everything, because the world is an illusion, and your own sense of ego is an illusion. And it's, it's repeated and, and, and phrased in many, many ways. So, taking these two extremes, we can say on one extreme we have someone who wants to be a something, and they want only the lecha, to you, who you are, who are you, what's special about you, you find what's special about you, proclaim it, go for it, advertise yourself, and, and be special, and, be, and go all the way, and be the best that you can be, and all this. So they only want, the, the people who want to be something, they only want lecha. Then the other people who want to be nothing, they only want the lech. They only want the, the, to go. To go out of yourself, come out of yourself, disidentify with your body and with your psychological traits, and of course with, with the outside physical world and with property that goes without saying. You're not your property, you're not your body, and then you're not even your perceived sense of self. That's also an illusion. And you want to just lech, 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 go, 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 until you become nothing. Right? What is lech lecha then? What is the Jewish ideal? Do we want to be something? Or do we want to be nothing? So I think the answer is, is that the Jew wants to be something from nothing. Just as the creation of the world, is God created the world Yesh me'ain, something from nothing, meaning nothing came first and then came something, it's exactly lech lecha. Lech is first you want to be nothing, and out of being nothing, you want to be something. So you want to be something out of nothing. And being something out of nothing isn't being nothing. And it isn't just going straight to being something. Ultimately, you, you do become something. Ultimately, it's more like the West than the East, in the sense that we want to be something, in the sense that we want to, we want to give something, as I said in the beginning, original and unique and, and special to the world, because every soul is special. We don't think the world is an illusion. And we don't think the sense of self is an illusion. On the other hand, we're not going as the Western ambitious man, the self-made man who wants to build his character and to, and, and to you know, sanctify the self-image of himself. If, we, if you would go there directly, we would be just like this very modern Western secular uh, ego, egoistic word that has a lot of ego. Man. We want to reach to be a different kind of something. It's a something that comes out of first trying to be nothing, not trying to be special at all, trying to be not special. And the kind of something that emerges out of this striving to be nothing is a very different, more subtle, more rectified kind of something, more rectified kind of ego. So we want ego, but we want a rectified thin ego. We want 
an ego with a diet. So the lech, when you walk, you, you burn calories. So the walking, the lech, is all about shedding all the unnecessary calories of your ego, not in order to be like an ascetic oriental monk that wants to disappear from the world, uh, but in order to be, to have a rectified ego, and a rectified, to be a rectified individual. Now, now, so this is very important, what we have, what we have here now. Right? It's very beautiful just to think about it in this way. That the two words, lech lecha, the first is going out, and it's disidentification, and nullification, and selflessness. The opposite of to you, uh, but this is just a path, a means of getting, the, of getting to, to you, to discovering who you are, but in a, in a different way. Now, as I said before, if you take away the punctuation marks, and if you just look at the two words, again, it's two letters repeated twice, it's lech, and again, the same two letters. So that means that if you take away the, the punctuation, you can read it in at least two more ways. The first is lech, lech. Go, and again go. Two, two, two walkings. You have to go for two walks. One walk isn't enough. Again, the simple reading is you walk and you get to yourself. But now we, 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 want, to open, we, we want to open up two new new readings. One is you walk, and then you walk some more. So it's two walks that somehow coexist. And the other way, of course, of reading it is reading both words as lecha, 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 to you, to you. So it could be either take a walk and then another walk, take two walks, or it could be to you, and again to you. There must be two yous, to us, to me's, to which I go. So again, this, when, when there is, we have a tradition of punctuation, the tradition of punctuation is it's lech lecha. First it's lech, then it's lecha. But looking at the Torah scroll, that's how, and that's what we read when we, in, in, in the synagogue on Shabbat, or twice a week, we just look at the words and we can imagine them to be lech lech or lecha lecha. So it's two walking and two kinds of self. And something else, another thing, and thing that's interesting about these two words is if you look at their Gematria, each word is, the numerical value is 50. So Lech is 50, and Lecha is, is again 50. So it's 50-50. Altogether, Lech Lecha is 100. 100, of course, is a very important number. It's, it's 10 squared, we have 10 fingers, and we count to 10, and it's 10 squared, it's a beautiful number. And 100 also, is also the numerical value of Yofi, beauty. At the end of the first segment, when uh, when Abraham and Sarah get to Egypt, he notices how beautiful she is. So, Lech Lecham is the numerical value of Yofi, beauty. So, but each word is, and also 100, we use today the 100 as an image of perfection because we're using percents. So, 100 is like 100%, and 50 is like 50%. So, it's very obvious that each of these words is 50% of the whole picture, that the two me's Lecha, lecha, each one is 50% of the full me. And also, lech, lech, each journey, the first walk and the second walk, is also, each walk is 50% of the picture. On the other hand, if you take the word lech and you flip the two letters around, you get the word kol. Kol means everything. Kol is like 100%. So again, it's very interesting. 
לך, each word is equals 50, but if you turn the letters around, it becomes everything. So each word is every, each me, each lecha is everything, but it's also just half of something. There's a lot of interesting um, paradoxes going on here. That altogether it's 100, but each word also means kol, kol, everything, everything. But it's a, it's a mini everything. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's everything that a 50% can be, right? So, um, and also, interestingly, when Abraham uh, hears this command of Lech Lechav, go unto thee, he is 75 years old, he's not young, but he's not very old either, because what age does he reach? He reaches, he dies at the end, 175, meaning the revelation of Lech Lecha comes to him exactly 100 years before he passes away. It's, it prepares him for the next 100 years. This command, this revelation, it's, it's also in our own lives. Sometimes we have this one moment of, div- of, so to speak, divine revelation, of inspiration. And it can give us fuel, energy, for a hundred years. And it's just two tiny words, lech lecha, but they fuel him for a, thou- for a hundred years. And we can say the first lech is, gives him the fuel for fifty years, and the second lech, or lecha, for the second fifty years. So now we want to understand what all this means. What are the two walkings, and what are the two you that he is walking to? And we want to connect this to what we said in the beginning, which is, go unto the, go out of who you think you are, and discover who you really are. So, very interestingly, this verse, which talks about, go from the land that you were born, onto the land that I will show you, the unknown land. In Kabbalah, it was given two opposite interpretations. First one is in the Zohar. Zohar says this journey, the journey of Lech Lecha, was a journey from above to below. Meaning, it isn't, in the Zohar, it stops being Abraham coming out of Haran, the house of Terach, his father, of the land of idol worshippers and going to the land of Israel. That's more like an ascent, as we say today, to, to make Aliyah. Right? To ascend to the land of Israel. No, here it's a descent. Why? Because the first land is the land of the soul root. Of where you were as a, as a, as a so to speak, as a disembodied soul. It's, the, it's, where, it's where you are as a soul that's, uh, that's not connected to this world. And going to the land that I will show you is going into the land of physicality, of materiality. In Hebrew, Eretz is the root, land is the root of Artziyut, which means physicality. Land means something physical. So, it, according to the Zohar, Lech Lecha is the journey of the soul coming down into the world. And we see this, for example, that uh, the people of Israel traveling in the desert... Going into the land of Israel is, is moving from a very, very spiritual lifestyle to a very physical lifestyle. In the desert, they get manna from heaven, and it's miracles all over the place with the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke and, and, uh, and prophecy everywhere and, and all the miracles they had in the desert. And then they, they have to go into a very physical land and start working the land. So going into the land of Israel means going down into the world. 
really, you know, hitting the ground and and start working physically for everything. There's something about Chutz La'aretz, about outside of Israel, and, and here it's not Chutz La'aretz, it's outside of the mundane world in general, that it's, it's something disembodied. So, according to the Zohar Lech Lecha, the journey, the Lech, the walking, the going, is the soul going into the world. Also, a very a cute little idea, the two words put together, Lech Lech, they created another verb, which is Lelechlech, to get dirty. Lehitlechlech. So lech lecha, that goes with the Zohar's interpretation. It's going down. It's going from the world of the souls, from the the higher worlds, to this world. You become dirty. You're, you have to get dirty to do to make this to turn this world into the dwelling place of God. You need to you to get your hands dirty. So lech lecha is getting dirty and going into this world. But then we get the Arizal, the Arizal, the holy Ari. He gives the exact opposite interpretation. He says, Lech Lecha is from below to above. As we say today, to make Aliyah to Eretz Israel, to, to ascend to the land of Israel. He was in the land of idol worshippers, he, he was in the land of Klipot, and he had to ascend to a more spiritual, more holy land, and, and that's where he became what he was meant to become, a, a servant of God, Who's able to communicate fully with God and do His bidding? If if you stand, if you stay in the land of idol worshippers and in the land of very coarse um, materialistic societies, you can't you can't discover who you really are and and discover your calling. So you need to go up and elevate yourself and climb this metaphorical stairway and reach your full spiritual potential. The, the exact opposite of the Zohar's translation, uh, interpretation. So we have, again, two... Mo- so, uh, of course, this goes with what I said before. We can read the whole thing as Lech Lech and as Lecha Lecha. And there are two journeys here. We want to say that both interpretations are equally and simultaneously true. And now we want to figure this out. The Zohar is right and the Arizal is right. They're both right. There are two journeys here and two selves that we need to reach. And both of them meant something very positive. When the Zohar spoke about coming down to the world, the Zohar was talking about something very positive. It's finding your mission, your goal, your purpose in this world and making it happen. Doing it. It's hard work. You need, you, you need to get your hands dirty, but that's what, you were, that's what you came here for. And when the Arizal was speaking about going all the way up and reconnecting with your soul root, Oh, obviously, it was also speaking about something very, very positive and important and vital and, and, and uh, we all need to go through, which is uh, uh, connecting to our, to our true spiritual soul root. So we need to use both of them. So there are two journeys, two, sorry, two journeys and two selves that we need to get to. And now we need to figure out how they go together. Just one verse that beautifully puts it all together in Psalms, King David, one of his, uh, one of the verses there is, "Et halech lifnei Hashem be'artzot achayim." I shall walk before God in the lands, plural, of the living. And the word for "I walk" is a special word. It's not "elech," that's the regular 
word for I shall walk. Et halech is a passive verb or a self-reflexive verb. It's a reflexive, I think that's the term, a reflexive verb. It's like in French you have something that begins with se something, which is to do it to yourself. So et halech is in Hebrew, it's called hitpael. It's something you do to yourself, so to speak. So the idea is that et halech is I go to myself. Right, that's King, King David's words. I go to myself before God in the lands of the living. Two lands. The lower land, what the Zohar spoke about, and the higher land, what the Arizal spoke about. So a beautiful verse used by David that really embodies the duality of these two, um, two interpretations. Okay, so what does it mean to go up, and what does it mean to go down? The order we said, we first said the Zohar, which is going down, and then the Arizal, because that's the, also the historical order. First the Zohar, then the Arizal. But if we want to understand it, we should really go, it's better to go in the opposite order, similar to what we said, Lech, come out of yourself. That's more like going up, like the Eastern uh, monk who wants to elevate his soul and shed his identification with his body and personality and so on. So first we need to we need to go backwards in time and first we need to look at the Ari's interpretation and then the Zohar's interpretation. So first it's Lech, mostly, again they're both Lech and they're both Lecha. So we can we can flip the order. But but the the simpler reading of course is first it's Lech and then it's Lecha which means first it's the elevation and it's, then, it's, then it's the descent. But as we'll see they really really go together. So, what is the going up? What is the Arizal talking about going up? Going up means nullifying myself to my Creator. Realizing that I'm nothing without Him. I have nothing. I am nothing. And He created me. Whatever it is that my life is supposed to mean, whatever it is that I'm supposed to do, the answers are with Him. And he's looking up constantly and asking, why did my soul come into this world? And you don't think about what's special about me, what's, uh, who am I, I want to discover myself, that's not the thing. I want to be close to God, meaning I don't think of myself, I think about God. It's not that I hate my, I don't hate my, I just, I just don't think about myself. I think about God, it's, it's constantly thinking about God. Or in as, as much as you can, it's, it's impossible to constantly do it, but you can aspire to sort of be in the background and every once in a while to be in the foreground, of course, as well. That you want to place yourself before God at all times, and which means looking up and shedding any kind of identification you have with everything around you that you think uh, stands for who you are, what you are, and it means really shedding your ego and your insults and your sense of, you know, uh, I deserve this or I deserve that. It's, you no, know, who am I? I'm, not, I'm just a sliver of God's light or a thread of God's light and I want to, I want to connect with Him. So I'm, it's going up and, and nullifying myself in order to connect to Him. I'm trying to absorb myself or to, or to not think about myself, but to... to Think about what, it, what God is thinking, what does He want, and who He is. And it's having that look, and of course it opens, it changes everything, and it really helps you, it has diminished your ego. It doesn't go away, but it really diminishes. The more you look upwards, 
looking at the sky, you can also actually, figuratively, uh, I mean, not fi- actually, isn't fi- actually looking at the figurative sky, at the actual visible sky, as a metaphor for thinking about just reminding yourself, because the sky is very, it's always very calm. People here can fight and shout and be angry, and, and if you look at the sky, and there's something, there's, there's something very quiet there, and that, of course, reminds you of God also. So that we want to have this kind of movement that to be part of us. When the Zohar was speaking about going down, we would think this is now going down into discovering myself, who, who I am. But no. The idea, when you think about it, when the Zohar is telling you, Lech Lecha, Abraham's Lech Lecha, your own Lech Lecha, each of us is Lech Lecha, it's not go down to the land, to the physical land, in order to be special. It's, it's again, it's a kind of self-nullification, but this time, not because you want, to, you want to connect to God, it's because you want to discover what your mission is in this world. It also means dedicating yourself to rectifying the world, to making the world a better place, to making society a better place, to making your community a better place, to doing whatever it is that you see missing in the world, and to fill that gap, and to fill that um, hole in the world. So when you think about it, it's very interesting. Both movements are outside of myself. Right. First, we, I, I started by saying, Lech is come out of yourself, and Lecha is go into yourself. But now that both words became Lech, and both words became Lecha, it's a bit different. We want to have two simultaneous movements, one going up, one going down, and both of them are Lech, both of them are come out of your sense of ego, and what you're all about, and what you need, and who, what you want, and so on. But it's, but it's, two variations of this. One variation is don't think of yourself, think of God and think of your soul, of, of your, you being one of many, many souls that came down into this world. You're, one, you're a, a droplet in a collective of many souls, Jewish souls, non-Jewish souls, many souls that came down into the world. But then, the movement of going down is also leaving what you're all about and it's looking at this world, at the world outside of you, and saying, well, what does the world need? Where am I needed? Where can I help? Where, what can I do to, for other people? So both movements, both going up and go, going down, help me in two different complementary ways. Let go. It's two lechs. It's two going outside of myself, and we need both. And all, not only do we need both, but as we do both at the, at the same time, like, I'm just a soul that's, that's not of this world. And therefore, I don't have an ego, I don't have, I'm not, I don't, I'm not angry at people for not respecting me, I'm not frustrated and not having what I want. I'm just a soul here for a very short, you know, a few decades, maybe a century at the most, or a bit more, maybe, if I'm very, very, very lucky, it's a bit more than a century. It's very small time, and I need to do what I need to do, so there's no time to, to think about my ego, because I'm just a soul. So that's one aspect of coming out of myself. The other aspect of coming out of myself is asking, what does the world need? The world is, there's people that are starving, and people that are lonely, and people that are confused, and people that are 
lost and people and things need to be done. So I need to go out there and do what needs to be done. And when I do both these movements, they both, you know, jostle me out of my sense of of self-centeredness. And the beautiful thing is that the more I do the but and then now we're getting to the main point, it's not just to lech, to go out of yourself, go out of yourself upwards and go out of yourself downwards. It's also to lecha, it's to to you. Because the reason we're going, we're elevating to God and descending to this world is not to disappear or to be no one. It's we constantly listening for what is my special, unique shlichut, mission in life. I'm just a thread of God's light, but I have a certain color that other souls don't have. I'm just here to help the world, but I have talents that other people don't have. So ultimately, it's again, it's not just to go, go out, go out, upwards, go out, downwards. It's also two aspects of discovering who you are. Discovering what your special soul root is, that's going upwards. And discovering what your special mission is, that's going downwards. So, And this is... When you use when you, we use these two aspects or dimensions, both movements f- act as a uh, they they complement one another as helping me go through the stage of first being nothing. I want to be nothing in the sense that I want to think of myself as one of God's souls here on a, here just for a while, but that's where I belong. And I also want to be nothing in the sense that I want to just do my little my purpose in this world, which also means, by the way, going downward. It means, it means, you know, climbing down from any kind of ivory tower or sense of uh, high self-esteem that I used to have, and being with very very simple people, because that's that what it, that's what it means going and finding your mission down here. So both these movements help me first be nothing. And then as I do them, I can gradually discover, both up there and down here, and it really goes together, it's like Malchut and Ketel, the lowest Sphira and the highest Sphira, being somehow mysteriously, intimately connected. The more I connect to my soul root in the Keter, and the more I connect to my mission, where I'm needed, where I'm called on to be in this world, that's my Malchut, my own personal kingdom, my, my vocation. The more I discover who I am, I become something, the something I was meant to be, but it's not the, the ego something, it's not the self, um, you know, full of, it, full, of it, full of itself something, it's an, it's an emptied something, it's a, it's a, deli- it's a, it's a more, uh, it's a more tender or more subtle kind of something. So this whole thing, this whole Lech Lecha idea is really refining the self. It's refining the self. I start out with, with having a very solid sense of self. Both calls of go away from yourself are two ways we need both. 
to shed my self-image, my false self-image. And then as these two movements morph into lecha, into to you, you're able to discover who you really are, but not because you were looking, not because you were trying hard to be special, the exact opposite, you were trying not to be special. And the more you try not to be special, the more truly special you become, because you simply are special. Don't try to be special, you already are. And you just need to get rid of everything that stands in the way of your unique self and the way you lead your life. And you do this by not trying to be special. I remember when I was in, in art high school, and we tried very hard to be original in the way we drew and painted. We wanted to have a unique voice because it wasn't a class, obviously it wasn't a class, in classic schools, of art schools, in the first few years, no one would if it ever encourage you, they would discourage you from trying to do something original. And they're, and they're right, because they're doing first lech and then lecha. First, go away from any kind of uh, sense of trying to be special and just learn the techniques and learn from, uh, from the masters. But I, I was in a postmodern <laughs> school and the postmodern school was all about everyone has to be special and different. And I re remember very vividly that the harder I tried to be special, to find my own unique style and do something original that no one has ever done, that no one ever did before, the more banal and cliche and unoriginal what I did was. <laughs> because when you, because the, re the, the truth is that individuality and individualism don't go together. If individual individualism, having the ideology of being an individual, trying hard to be an individual, gets you farther and farther from your individuality. Your individuality can only come about when you're not trying to be special. And what we learned, what I hope we learned, what we tried to learn from this shiur, is that these the two that this phrase lech lecha. First, it tells us that's the general idea. You have to come out of yourself in order to discover yourself. You need to be something that comes out of nothing. And and the nothingness of it is still, you know, the, the something is tinged with nothingness in the sense that it's not, again, it's not uh, full of itself. And then looking more closely, we were given two tools, two techniques, we can even say, of going about this. Right? Generally speaking, it's come out of yourself, go back to yourself. First be nothing, then be something, refine something. But then looking more closely at the two interpretations, we, we arrive at two ways of doing this, which we need both. The first is trying to be nothing upwards, connecting to my soul, we're thinking about God. The second is trying to be nothing in the sense of not thinking of myself as any higher or better than the simplest of people. And, 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 and together with them, just finding my very small role in this world and fulfilling it to the best that I can. And, and to, doing this together enables us to, to be who we are meant to be uh, truly, and not who we imagine that we were meant to be. So this is our class for Lech Lecha for this week.